God has a plan for everybody in this room. God has a plan for everybody watching online. God has a plan for you even if you're not watching this live and you watch the edited version that goes up on the internet and you're watching it, I'm telling you today, God has a plan for your life. If you follow his plan and you follow his purpose and you know that he is good and you know that he loves you, his plan will come to fruition in your life and it will be good. So hold on, don't give up, and keep trusting in God. Hallelujah. And she walked up with a cart full of, of stuff. And she had the money to pay for it, but she was spending every last penny. And when she got up to the counter and she started wringing it out, every item that she had on the counter, there was no markings on it or anything except for a tag that had a price. And the lady would scan up and she'd go, oh, this one's 50% off today. Oh, this one's 75% off. Oh, this one's on sale. She ended up leaving with more money than she expected because everything she bought, unknowing to herself, was on sale. Whether it really was, I don't know. Maybe God had a certain scanner at that moment that everything that woman had was on sale because she was faithful, she was a servant, and she wasn't doing it for her. She was doing it for the kingdom. See, if you get your perspective right, if you get your priorities right, God will put favor on your life. And can't no man stop it. Can't no devil stop it. Come on, give a praise up in this house. Hallelujah. You got to recognize. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. See, you're the old, but see, the thing is, you're the only one running the race in your life. So you're supposed to run the race of your life like you're going to obtain the prize. How do you run a race like that? You prepare. You compete. You stay strength. You stay healthy. And you keep your focus. When a runner's running to the finish line, he's not looking at all the people in the stands. He's not looking behind him. He may hear the feet of his people coming. And that just makes him look closer to that finish line. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get this prize. And if your prize is to be pleasing in the sight of your God, and you keep running, you'll obtain that prize. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, when it's my time and it's set up and you set it up, let it happen. So 11 years later, it's finally coming to pass. Now, it's only sharing that because I'm sure there's people in here, there's things in your life you've been waiting for. And they have not come to pass yet. And you're almost like, 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 like I got to the point like, yeah, when the phone rings, I believe it. Well, the phone rang. Because it's time. See, God's in a timing business. God, see, you can't, you can't, we cannot do anything to affect how time actually operates, but we can affect how we use the time that God gives us, amen? And a lot of times we may plan something, 
for our timing, but it's not God's timing. I remember when we put our first fruit offering in, in the plate uh, when we had just moved back to Queens, New York, and we were still in sowing our tithes and our offerings to actually World Harvest Church in Atlanta, and we, we put a list of the things we were believing for, and there was a certain kind of house we were looking for for a certain kind of money and, and, and all of this, right? All the way down to as many, how many bedrooms and how much we were going to pay, how many square foot, everything. So we said, but then we did put the in there either in New York or in Florida. We lived there, and we lived there, and then God provided. We moved down here, and six, even after it took six months, but six months later, we're living in the exact house that was live, listed on our first fruits. So it took God some timing to make things happen. First off, he had to get my wife to realize that New York was not where we should be. Because when we went there, I gave reasons why I didn't think we should be there, and they weren't valid. But one by one, they became valid points. Amen? Remember, for men who are married, one of the most hallelujah moments in your marriage is when you hear these three words from your wife. You were right. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're hallelujah, hallelujah. You get caught in the moment of like, wow, wow, I was right. Even though in the back of your mind, you're like, I know, but you're like, I got to acknowledge this, be right. Well, that, that happened one by one on my points of reasons not to move back to New York. And we ended up here, and God's plan for the house we had was fulfilled. And then this place and everything else that he has done. Turn me to the book of Genesis, chapter 50, verse 18 through 21. Now, in the middle of God, as you're turning, in the middle of God doing his plan in your life, you realize that there's an enemy that the Bible says, and Peter proclaims, roars around, roams around like a roaring lion looking to see who he can devour. This same enemy, as we know from Scripture, actually has access to God, and God said to him one time, he said, what are you doing, Satan? Oh, I'm just roaming to and fro seeing who I can mess with, who I can devour. He said, oh, have you ever considered my trusted servant Job? You would think, wow, wait a minute. Did you just say trusted servant? Have you considered messing with my trusted servant? You would think God would be like, hey, man, you ever, you ever, you want to um, mess with that, you know, that wanted criminal or you want, but not my trusted servant. No, God's the opposite way. Go, go ahead. Mess with my trusted servant because my trusted servant's got what it takes to take what you got and throw it back at you. Job went through a whole mess of stuff and never gave up on God. Because Job knew God had a plan. One time he said, you know, naked I came into this world, naked I shall leave. Right after he lost everything, families, produce, his livestock, everything. He said, naked I came into the world, naked I can leave. Then there was another part he says, well, I know when the Lord is done trying me, I shall come forth as gold. So he always knew that God had a plan, and the end of that plan was good, no matter how bad or how many boils or how horrible it was at the moment, he knew that the end plan of God was good. Amen? So here we hear a story in Genesis chapter 50 of a man named Joseph, and all stand, or as we have changed it, to rise when the word is being read. And that's a little inside joke, because we've been saying stand, but then somebody in here said, no, pastor, I can't stand, but I can rise. Praise God. Amen. Genesis 50, 18. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, fear not. 
For I, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring the past as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And, be com- and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So the background, I'm going to give you a little background of leading up to this point. Joseph received a coat of many colors from his father Jacob. And they gave him this coat because it was his way of showing how much he loved him. But none of the other brothers got a coat. So the brothers were jealous. They had an underlying hatred for their own brother. Sometimes people get a position or some kind of token of affection or a calling, and all of a sudden the ones right closest to them all of a sudden got attitude. Got a problem with that. Oh, what they do so special to get that coat of many colors. Why does daddy like him? Because well, daddy told his father that this man had a calling on his life. Then, jo- then Joseph has this dream. And this is where his brothers really lost it. Where they're already jealous. But they're really jealous because they know Joseph is special. They know Joseph is quote, better than them. Do you realize when we're jealous or we have something against somebody, we really need to look at why? Because if we probably most of the time it's because we recognize something in them that's better than us and we want to feel better about ourselves so we find a problem or a flaw in them. That is why Jesus said to look at the speck in your eye before and the plank in your eye before you try to pull the speck out of your brother's eye. Your brother's issue is small, but you got big ones, so you're focusing on your, his problems so you're not worried about yours. So that we have that problem going on with Joseph's brothers. Joseph tells them about a dream he had where all the sheaves were bowing down before him. What it was, it was a prophetic dream of what was going to pass in Joseph's lives. Joseph's mistake was probably, well, it can't be a mistake because it was part of God's plan, but he shared it with his brothers, and that's the moment that his brothers decided, we need to get rid of this brother of ours. So what what do they do? They take Joseph, they take him out, they sell him as a slave, Then they kill a goat or an animal. They take Joseph's clothing. They cover it in the blood of that animal. And they go back and they tell their father that Joseph had a horrible accident and that he died. So, So now Jacob thinks that his son is dead. He's actually been traded as a slave. But Joseph had favor with God. See, you can't take what God has planned in your life and do anything, if his plan is going to happen, his plan is going to happen. His brother sell him, make it look like he's killed. Then Joseph ends up as the chief servant in Potiphar's house in Egypt. Joseph ends up in Egypt. He ends up a head servant in an Egyptian's house. First off, that doesn't even make sense because he's a Hebrew. What's he doing in an Egyptian household, number one? 
and to have any authority. He's the head servant. God's favor is being shown on Joseph. And from the details of the Bible, I don't know, I never met Joseph, but Joseph, I guess, was a striking-looking young man who was muscular, fit, and bound. And Potiphar had this woman in his house that was called his wife. And Joseph would be in and out the house, and his wife was lusting after Joseph. His wife was like, mm, I want some of that Hebrew man. And she would do everything she could to try to get with Joseph. And Joseph would do the right thing. And he knew, listen, first off, what you want is wrong. Second off, that you're my boss's wife. And I have integrity. I have honor. So I am not going to mess with what you want me to do. So one day she actually tried and she grabbed him by his coat. And Joseph, ran, Joseph was so quick to get out of Dodge that he flew out the house and his coat got left in the clenches of Potiphar's wife. Now Potiphar's wife was like so upset with the fact that Joseph did not want her because from even description, she was not a bad looking woman. But Joseph was like full of integrity and doing what the will of his father was that he was not going to do anything to Mess with what God has, was doing in his life. She cries rape. Oh, your faithful servant did this to me. And he forced, he starts screaming and crying. So now Joseph gets falsely accused of something he didn't do. Now, a lot of us can even identify with that. Maybe not being all the way going to jail. But have you ever been in a situation where someone falsely accused you of something that you didn't do? And you ended up doing circumstances behind that accusation that you should not have got? And that probably made us quite bitter and quite angry and quite upset. And then the normal thing to do is for now you or me to retaliate with reverse action against that person or against somebody else because we're hurting. Joseph gets sent to prison. Now, can you imagine a Hebrew in an Egyptian prison? Probably not a pleasant experience. That's Joseph's not in a friendly environment. But God still found a way to use Joseph and to prepare an escape plan for Joseph. Joseph was given the gift. Remember, now remember, it started when he was a child and he had the dream of the sheaves. Now he's in prison and he's able to interpret people's dreams. And he has these people put in his life. Joseph is in prison. And while he was in prison, the king's or pharaoh's chief baker and butler got locked up. Imagine that. You're working for a guy. All you're doing is baking bread. To prison. Overcooked my rolls. Get him in jail. Get me another one. The butler. Off. Man, he didn't make my bed this morning. Off with his head. Whatever the reasons were they were put in prison. They're in prison. But it was a setup by God. Because now God's got people, Pharaoh, the head of all Egypt, two of his servants are in prison. And they get put into the presence of Joseph. Joseph interprets their dreams. They're having dreams and they can't understand what they are. And Joseph interprets them. They get released. The baker gets hung. As Joseph had interpreted, and the butler forgot Joseph. Two years later, Pharaoh had a dream, 
and no one could interpret it. And then the butler goes, hey, I know a guy. Hey, Pharaoh, I know a guy. He can interpret that dream for you. Let me, well, let me go get him. His name's Joseph. He's down there. He's down at Rikers. Let me go pick him up for you for a second. He's, and we'll, 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 get the, we'll get, you know, the, the, the squad to pick him up. We'll bring him out. Bring him to your palace. Well, that was Rikers in Egypt. If you don't know who Rikers is, you don't want to know. They call, it's either Rikers or the other nickname for it was called the Tombs. But uh, so let me go get this guy, Joseph. They call on Joseph. And Joseph interprets the dream. And because of that one divinely set appointment, that one divinely appointed gift of interpreting dreams, even though he had to go through living in prison, and what you don't ever see in there that Joseph complained or was whining or bitter about being in prison. Same thing with Paul. Paul was locked up, and Paul didn't cry, whine, or complain. Paul praised and sang God and gave glory to God while he was in prison, and the walls were shaken, and he was let loose. You see, so here you got Joseph. He's in prison for something he didn't do. He was in prison for doing the right thing. Sometimes you'll be in life going, my God, Lord, all I'm doing is the right thing. Why has all this happened to me? And you hear somebody say, don't worry, God's got a plan. And sometimes you're like, well, wait a minute. I don't know. That doesn't work for me today. I'm going through too much stuff for this to be God's plan. But a lot of times God's got to let us go through stuff for his plan so that we can develop a faith and a trust in him to know that everything's going to be all right when God's plan comes to fruition in my life. You may be going through a season where you're, 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 the car that you're driving isn't, it, every day you've got to go, okay, Lord, please let it start in the name of Jesus and let it get me all the way to work and back. And, and you're like, man, but Lord, I worked too hard for this. Why do I got to worry about this kind of thing? Three years later, now you're driving in a car that you don't have to worry about. And you went to the dealer, and the dealer gave you so much favor that even the, 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 the guy who was selling it to you scratching his head going, I ain't never seen nothing like this before. <laughs> I don't understand this. We're supposed to charge this. We're supposed to charge that. And they're just waving it. What? That, that's when you go, favor ain't fair, my brother. What? No interest for the whole length of your loan? Oh, a free maintenance plan? What? Oh, and we're going to give you $8,000 more than your trading's worth. And we're not using it to bump it up on this end. We're just going straight clear across the panels with you favor. See, the one thing Joseph always had was favor. So now he ends up in Egypt, and the word of the Lord declares that there is no one higher than Joseph except Pharaoh, and even Pharaoh considered Joseph abilities capable of making decisions. Joseph had a vision that there was going to be a famine coming upon the land. And he told the Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh said, well, do what you need to do. And they started storing up goods. And they started putting stuff away. And they started storing and storing in preparation for the famine that Joseph knew was coming. And the famine came. And now is where you find, here are his brothers. His brothers show up because they had to come for food. And then Joseph was slick. He, first off, he didn't let them know who he was the first time. 
And he slipped a little something of value into what they were taking. And they ended up back in front of Joseph. They realized it's their brother. Now he's in power. He's in control. And I guarantee they were thinking, oh, no, God. Now we're going to get it for what we did to him. Oh, he's going to pay us back for selling us to those slaves and for telling daddy he was dead. Oh, here comes, oh, my God. And they're crying out to him, and he says, fear not. You don't have to bow down before me because I'm not God. And then he turns and he tells him these words. He says, you had planned for me for evil, but God has turned it to good. For almost to say, as for such a time like now. So that I'm able to take care of not only all of Egypt, but I can take care of my family. Even the family that turned their back on me, hated me, and wanted to kill me, but couldn't kill me. So they sold me and then pretended like I was dead. And now they're here in front of me. And I have the power to throw you into the same. He could have done what he did. He could have said, listen, I've been to prison. So let me put you in prison for a little while for what you did to me. He had all the rights to get them charges by what he did, which is another example of God's grace for us because we give him examples every day of why we don't deserve him. But yet his grace is able to say, even though you've done what you've done, I love you and I do not hold you accountable for what you deserve. Your judgment shall not be what it should be. My grace covers it. My mercy covers it, and my love hung between two criminals on a cross so that you can have my love unconditional whenever you need it, whenever you ask for it, I am here. So Joseph says to them, fear not. Then he blesses his family, and he sends them off with goods. And tell my father I'm alive. Hallelujah. Joseph, by the intentions of man, was headed nowhere. Ended up in prison. But God's favor not only delivered him from prison, out of prison, but he put him in the palace and a place of power and authority. You may be in here today and you may be struggling. You may be online today and you may be struggling. You've been being faithful, but you're getting to the point where you're almost questioning, should I be so faithful or should I just give up and live like everybody else around me? I see all these other people around me living not for God, and they seem like they're doing better than me. Well, let me tell you, when that day comes, you will be better off than they were ever going to be because they're not with God and you are with God. So don't give up on God. Let his plan take control and fruition in your life. No matter what it is, you may have done some horrible thing. But God says, I forgive you. All you got to do is ask for my forgiveness, and I'll give it to you. No matter what you've done, unless it's blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, and I don't believe anybody in here has done that, God says, I forgive that. That I throw it as far as the east is from the west. I take, he takes it, he throws it behind his back as far as the east is from the west and remembers it not. You know, there is a scripture and it talks about Joshua standing before the Father. Jesus is there, and then there's this other person there known as Satan or the accuser. 
See, he will always accuse you of your wrongdoing. He's the one, this is how he operates. First off, he works through temptation. And he tempts you. And lets you feel like it's okay. Hey, you can, hey man, everybody else is doing it. Something simple. I'm not even going to go into You guys know there's many things that seem very easy because everybody else is doing it. But you and your heart know that God doesn't approve of it. And the enemy says, oh, go ahead, come on. Hey, just one time's not going to hurt you. Come on, man. He's your buddy. He's like, you deserve it. Go ahead. Indulge a little bit, baby. Come on. And then when you do, he goes, how could you? Look at you. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to love God. How could you go ahead and do that? And you're like, but you told me it was good. Don't you know I'm a liar? I'm a deceiver? And I'm an accuser? And that's how he operates in your life. So when he starts trying to tempt you, I'm sure Joseph got tempted with bitterness, anger, and hey, I'm sure Joseph, I'm sure that devil came into that prison and go, you know, man, if you ever get out of here, you better just take it out on your brothers. You better get straight out of here because you know it's their fault because if they didn't do this to you, you wouldn't see that's how that devil worked. He'd take it back to some place in time that he can actually have almost a valid fact and appear true because if they never sold you, you wouldn't have ended up in Potiphar's house. You would not have got falsely accused. You wouldn't be in prison. So this is all your brother's fault. Joseph didn't even go there. And that's evident. Because when his brother were put before him, he gave him grace and mercy. I'm here to encourage you today. Whatever you're going through, if you're following and trusting in God, it'll be all right. If you've fallen and you're having trouble trusting in God, get up today and trust God. And say, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to move forward. And I'm going to let your will pass in my life. Because I know one day you're going to put me before Potiphar. You're going to put me in power with Pharaoh. You're going to put me in a place where I will. And then Joseph said this thing. Now, remember, if we're praying for God to put us in high places so that we can have beautiful houses with 24 karat Toilet seats that sing to you when you get up and get down and, and you've got 18 cars in a loft and you can, you can almost drive one every day of the month and, and you're going to have a carte blanche card and you can go wherever you want and every airline gives you, knows you and you know if that's why you want God to put favor on your life and his plan to come into, into purpose, you will never make it because the devil's going to fill you with lies and you're going to make you, it's never going to be of God. But if you're like Joseph and he said like this, he said, but you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. See, if your purpose is to do what God has planned for your life, and you're like, also, Lord, because it's part of his purpose, Lord, that I'll be able to bless and help others, then his full promise can come into your life. That's when you see the favor isn't fair thing come in the past. Because you go into a place and you're not really looking for favor. I remember I was sharing with some people last night. When we first started this church, we had a couple that was here and they would just go out and they would grab stuff to try to do decorations because she was very artsy and crafty. But they didn't have a lot of money. So she went to this place. Um, it was either old time pottery or home goods. One of them. I think it was old time pottery. And she walked up with a cart full of 
of stuff, and she had the money to pay for it, but she was spending every last penny. And when she got up to the counter and she started ringing it out, every item that she had on the counter, there was no markings on it or anything except for a tag that had a price. And the lady would scan up and say, oh, this one's 50% off today. Oh, this one's 75% off. Oh, this one's on sale. She ended up leaving with more money than she expected because everything she bought, unknowing to herself, was on sale. Whether it really was, I don't know. Maybe God had a certain scanner at that moment that everything that woman had was on sale because she was faithful, she was a servant, and she wasn't doing it for her. She was doing it for the kingdom. See, if you get your perspective right, if you get your priorities right, God will put favor on your life. And can't no man stop it. Can't no devil stop it. Come on, give a praise up in this house. Hallelujah. You got to recognize. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. See, you're the only, but see, the thing is, you're the only one running the race in your life. So you're supposed to run the race of your life like you're going to obtain the prize. How do you run a race like that? You prepare. You compete. You stay strength, you stay healthy, and you keep your focus. When a runner's running to the finish line, he's not looking at all the people in the stands. He's not looking behind him. He may hear the feet of his people coming, and that just makes him look closer to that finish line. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get this prize. And if your prize is to be pleasing in the sight of your God, and you keep running, you'll obtain that prize. Many people run the race. You'll, run, you'll come across many Christians running the race. But you want to be like, you know what? Out of this group, I won't get the prize. I want to get the prize that's for me. God has a plan for everybody in this room. God has a plan for everybody watching online. God has a plan for you even if you're not watching this live and you watch the edited version that goes up on the internet and you're watching it, I'm telling you today, God has a plan for your life. If you follow his plan and you follow his purpose and you know that he is good and you know that he loves you, his plan will come to fruition in your life and it will be good. So hold on, don't give up, and keep trusting in God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to just give you two more scriptures, and I'm going to close. 2 Corinthians 15, 7 says, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Have you ever noticed, when you're doing some work that you believe for God, there's times where you feel weak, and I can't do it. I know that for me, there's so much that I need to do that I, I don't feel like I can ever get it done. And I find myself staying up till 4 o'clock in the morning, getting back up at 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning on like a, ro a rotation basis. And I always feel like, but I can never let it make me weak. I've got to be strong on the inside. I can't let my, because my flesh feels weak and flesh feels beaten down, I got to know that greater is he that lives thee, and my spirit is stronger than anything my flesh has. And I may have to back up and regroup and go, praying in tongues and say, Holy Spirit, I need your strength because I can't do this now. I need you. I need you. I need you. 
And I've learned that them 20-minute power naps can either help you or kill you. Depends on how tired you are. Amen? But when you're running on no sleep, it's worth the shot. So you're like, Heavenly Father, please let this 20 minutes be anointed 20 minutes of sleep and give me rest and restoration in the name of Jesus. And you'll be rewarded. And that just doesn't mean rewarded financially. You'll be rewarded being a protection of your family. But I believe the greatest reward that a lot of us are going to experience is when we actually pass on and meet our Father. And like that, there's that song, and it talks about different people in their lives. Like there was one about a, a Sunday school teacher, and then a missionary, and then someone, some other person. And it's called thank you. And they all go to heaven, and they all meet Jesus. And then Jesus shows to him all the people that made it into heaven because of the impact they had on their life. And they didn't even know all these people that they had any impact on your life. You may be in a situation where you feel like you're doing nothing with your life and you're in a situation where you have no impact and no influence over anybody. But what you don't recognize is everybody's watching you and the way you live your life and the way you behave. Maybe like, you know what, they, they may not come to trust Jesus directly by you. But you don't know somewhere down the line, three years from now, you may pop up into the, your, their mind when they're trying to make a decision about Jesus, and they might say, you know what? That, that so-and-so used to live and love Jesus, and I always saw this in her, so maybe this Jesus is real. Let me give him a try. So you had a part in them coming. So stay strong, because your efforts will be rewarded. And then here's one everybody should always have in their spirit, Romans 8, 28. And we know all things work together for the good for them that love the Lord. So if you love the Lord, all things will work together for the good according to his purpose. That's what it says, according to his purpose. So if his purpose is for you to drive around in a 1989 Toyota Corolla, it will work together for good for his purpose. And when he's time to put you in that Lexus, Woo! Got to shout! Amen? It'll be his purpose, and it'll be good. So we stay focused. We know the promise, and we don't let the situation dictate how we act, react, or behave. See, you may be going, another way, thing we have to do is, remember, the Bible says that we will be held accountable for every word, every thought, and every deed. You'd be like, every, yeah, there's, there is, there is, there is a stenographer in heaven, tighten that, it's not just the lamb, remember, it says, not just, it doesn't say the book was open, it says the books, you got the lamb's book of life, and then you got the books that have all of our deeds, so you got to think about every word, thought, and deed, you may think about that interaction you have with someone who has no idea what's going on in your life, and you're in a bad attitude that day, bad mood, and you snap and chew them up and tear them off. That's been written in the book. Now, and, and it doesn't matter if, if you're who you are. You say you're a Christian, but yet on this day, you turn around and you totally snapped and gave this, ruined this person's day by the way you reacted to them. For no fault of their own, they didn't, there's no cause. So we have to always keep in retrospect of our lives that we're representing Jesus as a Christian believer. You'd be like, Pastor, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a deacon. I'm not a minister. 
but you are an ambassador for Christ in the world that we live in. So don't give up. Faithfulness and perseverance pays off. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap of praise in the house of God. All things work together for the good. But you have to love him for that to happen. Hallelujah, Jesus. World Harvest Worship Center. Reaching our world. One life, one city, one nation at a time.